All right. Hey, the uh, Jays are done with Garrett Cole for a couple of days at least. Yeah. And uh, now got a relatively easy task against Tyler Glasnow in the Rays. First of three games against the Rays tonight. 6.40 first pitch again, Tampa, with uh, the 16 different start times this year. Um, Jays coming off a 5-3 loss to Garrett Cole and the New York Yankees yesterday. Kevin Barker, we mentioned they're taking on Tyler Glasnow. This is the lineup that John Schneider is running out. The good news, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is in the lineup. He is DHing. He is hitting third after uh, sitting out last night's game because of that knee irritation. Uh, he didn't in, really sit it out, in. did he? Well, no, coming in, he didn't start, but coming in as a pinch hitter in the ninth inning and uh, hitting a fielder's choice grounder, pinch hitting for Davis Schneider, uh, apparently to the disgust of many Jays fans. <laughs> um, we'll have more about that that's, in a minute. That's funny. The Jays lineup is as follows for uh, this, well, this very significant series. It's the Rays, the Yankees, and the Rays again. And, uh, uh, by the end of next weekend, we'll know whether or not there will be postseason baseball in Toronto this year. George Springer leads Have off faith. and right. Yeah, I didn't say anything one way or another. <laughs> Bo Bichette's at shortstop. Vladdy's the DH. Calvin Vigio is your cleanup hitter at first base. Things you didn't think you'd be seeing in September. Alejandro Kirk is hitting fifth and catching. Hmm. Matt Chapman is at third base and hitting sixth. Dalton Varsho uh, is starting in center field, Whit Merrifield in left, Santiago Espinal at uh, second base. Can Chris I ask Bassett you a question? on the mound. <laughs> Chris Bassett on the mound for the Blue Jays. With what they the, have on the on, the, on their team. The, yes. This is the best lineup they can get. Like they can run out. Do you think this, if you saw for the next nine days, mm. this lineup, mm. you'd be okay with this? Mm-mm. This is what they got. Like the who who else do you you want? You want the O for twenty six, Davis Schneider? No, 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 who's... no. Let, let me. No, I, I'm saying. I mean, I, uh, you know, maybe. I mean, I would take Brandon Belt right now. Why not? Danny Jansen. Because he's a hundred and hadn't played in a month. Danny Jansen, one hundred and thirty eight. He's not hundred. So, well, Danny Jansen Bell would be get? another one. Uh, healthy. What they have right now, not not. I mean, they got no choice. What else? What else? Winning are they? lotteries here. No, I mean they've like, got. Who? What are the alternatives? Uh, that's what I'm saying. Like yeah, this is no. what they're. This, I, what I'm saying is where he's put these guys with yeah. what they have, do you like it? I mean, we... After the, after the three-hole. The first three guys are what they are. That's what they're running out there. You know what I'd like to see him do? And I keep saying it, and no one pays attention to me, and everybody thinks I'm an idiot. So, I, yeah, I I would like to... I'd like to see Springer, Bichette, and Guerrero spread out more. That That's just me. Um, but, hey, you know, what do I know? Yeah, I'm not sure. The sp- I'm not sure the spreading out thing works. Like I, I get what you're saying because you want to add length and you want some better hitters. Has this to make this it year? harder? Can I just ask? You, no, has this worked? This sprinkling year? it out ain't worked either. Like they, he's John's done everything with his lineup he can possibly do. He's not put really. Wit in, he's put Witt in the leadoff spot. Hasn't he's put Brandon Belt in a three hole. He moved Vladdy to the four hole. Hasn't put down in the order. Like he hasn't. Put maybe Bichette that's because Bichette don't want to go in the in the four right. hole. Like right. you ever think of that? All right. Like he's already moving to seven hole. Right. Like I'd rather. Have, I mean, he's frankly, he's, I'd rather. I'd rather have. He's Bichette. ticking off every every player he's got on his team. I'd rather have. Because he's Bichette. either sitting them, pinch hitting for him, moving them in the order. Like I'd rather have Bichette personally. I'd rather have Bichette Guerrero and Springer in that order. What did you say? Bichette Guerrero and Springer. 
I would much rather have that. I'd, I'd, I'd li- or have Springer hitting fifth or something. I just, I, I need, yeah, I just need to, to have, I don't want to have a lineup where basically after the first three guys, you know, Tyler Glasnow can turn around and throw at the opposite hand and not have to worry about it. That's the, all I'm the, saying. The, the only reason I said the, the thing about you moving the order around, just the people that are playing today, okay? It's like it's like it's almost where they're putting Chapman consistently is they're trying to keep him out of it. <laughs> they're like trying that's, to, yeah, that's that is true. The, the only reason I say that is he's had one double-digit RBI month. That was the first one. He's had one RBI in September. He's four for his last 25, nine for his last 53. That's hard. Hitting 226 with runners in scoring position. Okay? Springer. Who we all love and and you're know, never hard on are so happy that he's played 140 plus games, is six for his last 30 with one RBI in his last seven games. He's bad in April, bad in July. He's been bad down the stretch here when it mattered the most. He's making 150 million. That doesn't matter how much money he's making. Absolutely, does not matter. This is why you brought him here. It doesn't matter how much money he's making. Who's he going to drive in? Why do you think they put him back in the leadoff spot and, and, and mixed around the order to get guys on base so he can – Who's he, going to be on? He's, he's come up and with runners in scoring position. He can hit home runs. Why can't he do that? Like, you can roll your eyes. It's facts. Like, it's facts. Like, Kirk's had three RBIs his last 15 games, sitting 211 with runners in scoring position. What is Dalton your- Varsho didn't play yesterday against a right-handed pitcher. He's the everyday left fielder. My point is, is when the dude's making the lineup out, which John's making it, ain't nobody else doing it, him and the bench coach are doing that, where else you going? Like, I, that's that's why I ask you, if they left it this way for the last nine games of the season, no matter who's hitting or no, no, no matter who's pitching, is it okay? Do you feel confident, confident that this lineup would get it done? I mean, it didn't get it done last night against an elite starter, and they're going to see – Glasnow twice, Cole again, Michael King, who had 13 strikeouts. I believe they see Michael King as well. They will, yeah. Uh, and I think they get Zach Eflin the next time through with the Rays, Absolutely. right? Regardless, you know, again, depending on what the Rays are, depending on what they're playing for. The problem is right now, it looks for the Rays could be, it looks like the Rays could be playing for the AL East title and that first round bye. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, if, and if that's the case, you know that they're not going to, uh, I mean, they're certainly not going to take it lightly. No, I... It, I, we made this point in Blue Jays talk yesterday. You know, with all the ins and outs and the ups and downs and the five-game winning streak and this and that in the past two months, what scared me last night was the Jays faced a team that isn't very good with a bullpen that isn't very good, that isn't playing for anything, and they were completely shut down by the only guy in the Yankees who's done anything this year and has anything to play for. That's Garrett Cole, an elite pitcher. They were shut down by exactly the type of pitching they are going to see in the next week. And should they make the playoffs, in the playoffs as well. They're not, you know, you're you're not getting the uh, you're not getting the soft the, the the soft underbelly part of a team's of a team's rotation anymore. If you're the Jays, you're you're getting you're getting the guts. You're getting good pitchers. You're yeah. getting pitchers with elite stuff. That's what concerned the, me about the, last night's game. The last was- night's game. You know what I. I think I learned more from last night's game than I did any other game in the this month. How's how is that possible? How, how all of a sudden you're thinking that that dude's going to win a Cy Young and not going to carve up the Blue Jays? 
No, I'm like we've seen this lineup, yeah, and the reason why I, I gave I'm you the not I gave that. you these, and in September they're 24th in homer, 15th in runs. They're 34 at bats between homers. Like I'm, I just said what, the what I, 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 I said the exact opposite to that. I said the exact opposite. That's what I'm saying. Last night's game really, to me, brought home the fact that. You know, this lineup is not going to be able to get it done against yeah, elite pitching. I think it's been that way almost all year. Like, I, there, there's been some months in there where you can throw 15, 20 games where they're competing and, and everybody's sort of doing what they're supposed to be doing and not swinging at some things and being competitive. I mean, basically, Garrett Cole carved them up with fastball away, a slider away. Yeah, he didn't break a sweat. He, let's was, be throw, honest. he was throwing that slider like 20% of the time in the strike zone. Again, yeah. it's Garrett Cole, and you don't want to try and make too much of it. But he did not. He, but that, it wasn't real. It wasn't like he was, you know, having to get after it and see yes. his best heater. I'm willing to bet that. That's if, the thing. I'm willing to bet that if he talked to Garrett Cole after the game and say, Garrett, was that like the hardest game you've had to, the hardest I mean, game you've had you to see. pitch this year? I mean, normally when he's got no, to get after it, it's 99s, right? I mean, I, I, did you see one? Oh. Maybe I wasn't paying attention, but I saw no. more 96s. That's the point, yeah. right? It's And I just don't know what, John, what else he can do. Like, they are what they are. You're relying on the dude you're putting in the cleanup spot with a homer nine ribbies in, in the last 15 games to try and do something. Like, it's well, all you're doing, basically. It's a lot. You've like, got, there's a you're, lot happening you're not, you're not getting anything from your offense. So what you're doing is trying to put the guys that are giving you something, and I'm using something in air quotes, in positions where they can give you something. You're also, though, quite yeah. frankly, you know, you're trying to hide. Let's let's be clear. You're trying to hide two or three guys in this Absolutely. lineup if you're John Schneider. Absolutely. You're trying to hide your catcher. He's you're got- trying to hide your third baseman. Uh, and, and frankly, you know, I think you're probably trying to hide you, the dude in center field as well. I, I And, and I, I know what you're saying. I... I mean, if you're John Schneider, there's 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 nothing else you can do here. Yeah, you know, I, I, Davis Schneider, uh, you know, folks, we talked about it in Blue Jays talk yesterday. Love the story, love the mustache. You know, I hope he has a long career. Hopefully, he's with the Blue Jays next year. But right now, he's not very good. Right now, he looks to me like a guy who came out of tri- uh, came up from AAA, having a great year, got off the great start, and all of a sudden, everybody around baseball said, "Let's." See the videotape of that dude from AAA that's hitting. We're paying attention. We're paying attention to that. He's hitting some homers, and, you know, it was the elevated fastball. Now it's whatever away. And, look, it's a lot. Like, there's a a lot happening here, and a a lot of the guys you were counting on are just not. Like, again, I get back to the Chapman thing. It's got 51 RBIs. You said how they're winning. They, They need to have elite pitching. And which allows them to bring Matt Chapman up with a couple of dudes on in the ninth inning with a chance to get a big hit, right? And it rarely, if ever, mm-hmm. happens. That's the thing. And it's a little frustrating to watch that. It's because, it's, I mean, you get to sink. The Chapman at bat last night in the ninth inning was a sinker right down the middle. Yeah, that, boy, that. Right that, down the middle. I know that burnt you. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I know the dude on the mound is really good and he throws really hard. But when you're talking about Matt Chapman getting paid a ton of money, like I mean, it's not, it wasn't up, which is no, which no, is no. his kryptonite. I mean, it was wasn't not, up. It so, was not. It was yeah. It's those it's those at bats, right? And it right? turned and, into an error. And and, and you look, you got a you got a bunch of coaches over there begging, you know, sort of looking through one eye, hoping that a dude will get a big hit late in the game to at least give him a chance to have a decently big inning and. 
I just don't see it. Like I, you know, these, these stats don't lie. Like you, you start digging in a little bit more. You don't need to walk up to a, you know, and talk about process and projections when dudes are 0 for 26, 7 for 49, hitting in the cleanup spot, 105 with 19 Ks and 38 bats. Like you don't need to. It's just this is this time of the year. It is performance driven, and it's just a lot of different things going a lot of different directions and. You know, again, I know you said 150 million doesn't matter. This is why you gave him 150 million is to not go six for 30 in the last seven games. And you know what's odd about That's that? That's why. But you know what's odd about that is he still seems, even with those numbers, he still seems like the guy who's most likely when he comes to the plate. He's a guy that I feel might do something along with Bo. At an R- one RBI in the last seven games. Look, this is the. the Again, like it's you kind of expect other guys to not do things. The dudes that you expect to get it done are just flat not getting it done. Like there's no other way to you can't point the finger. You can't get mad at, you know, people <laughs> pinch hitting for Davis Schneider in the his last. But like you just can't like they're just so. It's going to be, and and they're about to get, it's about to get real with the pitching that the Rays got. They got a little every arm angle, velocity, movement for a little everybody. Like, if you don't like the slider away, they got a guy for that. You don't like the elevated fastball with some movement, they got a guy for that. You don't like sidearm, they got a little bit of that. You you don't like lefties, they got a little bit of that too. So, it's going to be, I mean, this again, this is going to this series, just puts so much pressure yeah. On Bassett and whoever else is following him, and then whoever else John goes to when they go to the bullpen. It's the uh, pitching matchup games. tonight is Chris Bassett against Tyler Glasnow. Again, it's a 6:40 first pitch. Brian Anderson, Rays color analyst on Bally Sports Sun, will join us. John Schneider, the manager of the Blue Jays, joins us at six o'clock tonight. The Mariners and Rangers open a three-game series in Texas tonight. We will, of course, be watching mm-hmm. that game. Uh, Texas, Houston. And Seattle, one of those teams, uh, is the team that the, will be the team the Toronto Blue Jays have to get past. Currently, the Jays are a half game up on Texas and Seattle. Both of those games were idle on Thursday. And down on the farm, uh, Ricky Tiedemann will make his AAA debut nice. tonight. Congratulations! And, uh, yeah, and, it's a pretty cool moment. It's a it's a cool. I moment. was scared a, to death when I did when I played my first game of AAA. Because you to know, death. you know, because well, you're getting closer. Yeah. Like you can actually. Yeah start to smell the big leagues. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's a little different when I played. You had to actually go to every level and prove yourself. It's sort of a little different well, now, right? You're, given given yeah. where the Jays are with Alec Manoa, uh, Ricky Tiedemann, you know, he's been hurt this year. It's kind of been a slow process. He's going down to the Arizona Fall League, so he's a guy to keep an eye on because if he can, if he can have a good offseason, if he can come into camp uh, ready to go. I mean, he opened some eyes this year. If he can come into camp ready to go, I, I still think he probably starts the year at AAA. But, I mean, if he's if he's pushing the envelope, if he's pushing the envelope. 96 from a lefty locating with exactly. a good secondary pitch at place. And, of course, uh, it wouldn't be a series against the Rays without the Rays introducing another player, Junior Caminero, their uh, top prospect ranked sixth overall in Major League Baseball, he's just been called up. Uh, he is not in the lineup tonight, but of course, he still will go well, four for six in the next two games yeah. with a couple of home Jeff, runs. Jeff, explain to me Jays. why it feels like the Rays are playing a last place team. It just feels that way. Like oh, it, feel, it, feel, no. it feels like the Blue Jays are. 
I just you just to put it, me in a position I, of being the more I optimistic have, of the two. It feels like that. No, you know what it is because because. Because you talked to John today, and you you're close to John, and you like John, and and you you know what you, I'll I'll be blunt. I mean, you're like me. You're pissed off that this is a lineup that the two hundred and fifty odd million dollar payroll, whatever the hell it is, Blue Jays are running out on September twenty second at Tropicana Field. You're like me. Yeah, it's fair. You want to see this lineup? I think that's fair. There's four guys I don't want to see in the lineup. I think that's fair, and I th- I think with the pitching that they have, if they could just figure it that's out, why which I don't think they will, because it is what it is, and how are you going to figure it out against elite pitching? But, Normally, but Kevin, you whatever don't. happened to that doesn't matter right now. It what does, doesn't matter it, uh, tonight? It, it does. It's about winning tonight. I, I don't care how you win tonight. Absolutely. Win two one with the bases loaded. You know, Dalton Varsha getting hit by a pitcher. Well, they've or whatever. been doing it most of the year. I mean, that's probably the way. If they're going to take two out of three yeah. from the Rays in this series, you're going to take do a look it. at how they've won a lot of games it lately. Be it's been with a lot of help. It ain't going to be fifteen yeah. to three, right? So yeah, it's. Keep winning. Oh, you're trying to be optimistic, but man, look, I look. It's it's Cole, and he's he's done that to quite a few lineups. But I don't think he's done that to sort of lineups that you talk about winning World Series. Chris Bassett has eight starts of at least scoreless, uh, at least six scoreless innings this year. That's the most in the AL. Uh, he the guy you want up in the mound against? I mean, he's, I think he had a bad start uh, against, against the Rays um, this year. Against the Rays. I, look, I think. Huh. <laughs> I mean, I, I think he's got to be good he against a, the lefties. Uh, he did have a bad start I against think, the Rays. Yeah, he did. Seven hits, six. Uh, okay, six runs, but only two were earned. Um, uh, on when May twenty second. Yeah, it's, it's a little while ago. That's a while. Ago. Things have changed. Uh, you know, his sinker's been a little bit better for him. That that's the obvious pitch. Uh, if the cutter is working, that will help a lot against the lefties. Now that's Moody, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, so look, the, those are the two pitches. If he if he can somewhat locate those two pitches, elevate with two strikes, be a little bit more efficient with two outs and two strikes. I think that's where it. Sometimes for me, he tries to be too perfect. Remember, it's a round thing with a round thing. It's very hard to do, and especially if you're throwing it with some movement and some late movement, and you're really unpredictable. Uh, don't overthink it. Sometimes I think he does, which is I think that if he if he didn't overthink it, he wouldn't be Chris. But against this team, with the way they hit homers, mm. and with the way they game plan, at least early in count, so you know he's got to be good early. And if he can get after, not overthink it with two strikes and two outs. Hey, look, he's. Dare I say they're not going to do anything other than give them a chance to have a big inning late. How about that? Am I fair saying that? Yeah. That's it. Just looking at uh, George Springer. Um, hmm. 146 games, the second highest total for a single season. I'd rather him play yeah, less games and, and produce more. He's still the last 41 games. He's still hitting just under 300. Six for his last 30 with an RBI on his last seven games. This is all that matters. Mm-hmm. You t- At the end of the season, when you're paying dudes tons of money, it's weekly. It really is. Like, it's because they're facing the best of the best now. And you're fighting to get in the big leagues. And quite frankly, most of the people around you, other than the obvious names, are basically doing nothing. And you've said it and I've said it and everybody else says it. This is why they brought him here is to do it when it matters the most. That's all. I'm not saying he hasn't had a good month. Oh, don't be afraid to have a good couple of end of the season weeks. That's all. They need him. Like, they they need him to 
Hit a two-run right. homer in his second at bat. That's all. So they're facing Tyler Glass now. Um, 20th start of the year. Uh, eight of his 11 starts since the All-Star break have been quality starts. Ten earned runs in his last two starts. He allowed only 14 earned runs in his previous Give nine. Give up a couple home runs. Give up a couple home runs. Scuffled, scuffled against, against the Baltimore Orioles, four innings. Uh, you don't like the, the lefties Warriors. either. Lefty's been hard on him. I think they're hitting a low 250. Nine of his, what, 13 homers yep. are off lefties. Yep. So the two out of the three homers he's given up in his last two starts are versus lefties. I think Gunnar Henderson's one of those lefties. <laughs> Jays don't have a gunner. So, no, the Jays haven't faced him since 2021. He's not throwing as hard either. I mean, he's, that, that, that fastball is about a mile and a half, uh, just a little bit slower, so... I'm not saying that's going to help because, again, if he was watching the game yesterday, I mean, he throws a fastball, he throws a slider. And he throws a slow breaking ball. You can throw those three to one how side of the plate. Different is he from – how, how different is he uh, to Garrett Cole? I think he's taller. That, that, that's the yeah. one. Now, obviously, he's a, he's, a, you know, he's a big guy, throws straight over the top. So you really got to change your eyesight. Like that tunneling on the ball up from really tall guys is because it's not normal. Like facing guys that tall that throw straight over the top. So if he's six, five, when he's straight over the top, it's like really up there and he has a big release point, right? It's over seven feet. So he's basically handing that ball to the catcher and it looks like it's getting on you a little bit more North and South with really tall guys, especially North is very hard to tell just how high that is. Right? So you got to be real good. Like you got to, Really think about early, at least early in counts. Now, with two strikes, you're just praying, right? You're, you're choking up, whatever your two-strike approach is. You're doing your best to put that ball in play. Early in counts, you got to really force him down, I would think. Just how because you, of how hard how he throws. And I mean, if I basically you're telling yourself when you walk to the plate, don't look at where the catcher catches it. Look at where it's crossing your body. Okay, so if I'm a squatter, which not many of the Jays hitters are, I would be thinking above my belt, I take it below my belt. I swing at it. Make it as simple as possible. Right. You can tell that by where you're standing, how much you crouch over where you're standing at. You know, we're we're in the batter's box, those kind of things. It's you can't overthink these things. The dude throws too hard. He's too big. Again, it's too hard to tell that north and south thing. Try and simplify it. Pick a spot out at least somewhere around your knees. You get it? You're going to get one. You ain't going to get That's the difference, right, between these elite guys. Mm-hmm. Garrett Cole threw some balls down the middle. They were overswinging. They were stepping in the bucket because they were cheating. Yeah. And then you get a hang of breaking ball, and you're, you're late with the barrel right, and you either foul that off or you swing through it. So short and quick, think the right center. What right center does is keep you square. So when he does screw up and throw you a ball down the middle, you hit it hard somewhere because you ain't going to get three or four. Yeah. You're going to get one in an at-bat. So make sure when you get it, you put your A-swing on it. and Hopefully one of the lefties you know that's what? in the lineup, maybe they got a chance because he's, be a- he's been – a lefty's been hard on him. As you know, as someone who hadn't played the game, um, it's got to be hard to kind of know in your mind that you're going to get one chance. That's a big league. Yeah. A bit like the big league, I mean, again, obviously the elite guys, you know, one that, that the, the difference between their one is outer third when a guy that's not as good as it is right down the middle. Right. Like that's the difference, right, is you have to be real fine with lanes and where you're trying to hit the ball and 
how short you have to be and how quickly, you know, how it's barrel speed, right? How you just want to snap that thing. You don't want to get big with it and get long with it. And that's when he starts flipping the slow breaking ball. He'll start elevating the fastball. They read bats very well. The elite guys, it's what they do, right? Garrett Cole kept throwing fastball away, slider away, because they were chasing they were the chasing. slider, yeah. and they were missing the heater because they didn't make in-game adjustments. Whether they can do it or not, or whether they just weren't buying into, I am what I am. I, how dare you try and make me change it? So, yeah, I mean, this is this is a good test for them, right? Go battle. Be a tough out, you know? You get to two strikes, it's okay to foul a bunch of pitches off. Like, you can let that thing travel, choke up, throw the barrel at it, foul it off, make him throw some more pitches. Maybe you'll get in their pen, and maybe their pen will have a bad day. That's sort of what you do against really good rotations. Here, You force them to do things they don't like doing. Here's what's at stake for Tampa Bay tonight. Uh, with a win tonight, the Rays can clinch at least the first AL wild card spot, which, of course, would guarantee them a home postseason series. yeah. yeah. Uh, quite frankly, it, it it appears as if the Jays is going to come down to face in Tampa or, or Minnesota. Uh, but with the win tonight, the Jays can clinch the first wild card. Uh, as a matter of fact, if the postseason began today, the Rays would end up would be hosting the Jays in the best of three series. Mm. Uh, it's the ninth. They've already secured their ninth postseason berth in franchise history. Um, it's kind of interesting. You think back to July when the the Rays were just in an awful stretch. They were five for 15. Remember that was an awful stretch. Mm-hmm. Five for 15. We were wondering if the, the wheels had come off. Yeah. A lot of injuries. They've gone 32 and 17 since then, which is the best in the AL. Yeah. Um, you know, they're a game and a half back of the Orioles. We talked about that again. Um, it's, they, they're, they're the Rays. This is, this is the Jays house of horrors. Tropicana they, field. They pitch. They pitch, like but it's simple. Uh, they man, pitch just, and hit homers. It, do you think is there is there a team you'd rather not? Because right now there's a possibility that the Jays have got three against Tampa, three more against Tampa, three more in the playoffs. You could be playing the Rays nine times in a span of what ten days? Yeah. Six fewest. <laughs> think of, about that. Think about few, that. Six fewest amount of hits in September they've allowed. Seventh fewest amount of runs in September they've allowed. Now they have given up homers, 24 have- of those. Like you can hit homers off them. Jays don't hit any homers. So man, only hit like 19 in September. So although you like their chances of hitting a homer on the road, frankly, their their road numbers are better than their than their home numbers. So, you know, maybe that's something uh maybe that's something that, that the Jays can build on. Man, oh man, I'm grasping, aren't I? Well, traffic. I do that, that, that if, you're, if, you're, if you're thinking of anything as a Jays fan, you want traffic on the bases. The more traffic you can put on there against a good rotation, the better off, the better chance you got of running into one and having a big inning. Brian Analyst is a raise. Brian Analyst. Brian Anderson is a raise. <laughs> you might as well. I mean, he is. He might as well he be is. Brian Analyst. Why not? Brian Analyst it's is. It's Friday. It's Friday. Boy, is it Friday. <laughs> I'm just going to say Brian Anderson is Brian. a race color analyst on Valley Sports Sun. He'll join us next. It's Blair and it. Barker. Oh, yeah. I, I, yeah, I nailed it like, yeah, I nailed it like Alejandro Kirk nailed it. Uh, it's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, the fans, Sportsnet Radio Network and Sportsnet.
First pitch is set to fly at 6.40 tonight at the Trop. The Jays open a three-game series against the Tampa Bay Rays. Three games against the Rays, and it's back home to face the Yankees and the Rays. And then, drum roll. Keep an eye on uh, Texas and Seattle. What are you doing? That's, I mean, it's really, uh, that, that's really what it's all about, isn't it? Uh-huh. I mean, that given the way this team is... Uh, has played lately, and, and given the way, given the way the lineup looks, well, they they know they're, what they they're need to do. Be, There's no do, question. But, uh, they are. They, they're <laughs> going like, to need. They're going to need some help. Yeah. Uh, the Rays, as far as as far as the Rays are concerned, um, God, it seems to me like they've clinched a playoff spot, or they've had a playoff spot clinched for the last four months. <laughs> uh, but that's just a Toronto <laughs> point of view. The simple fact of the matter is, with a win tonight, they can clinch at least the first AL wild card spot, which would, of course, guarantee them a home postseason series. Although, well, we'll bring in a Rays analyst, Brian Anderson. Brian, thanks for joining us today. It's always good to talk to you. I've got to think that, yes, the win tonight, they clinched the first wild card spot. Yeehaw. I got to think the Rays, they still got, they, they got their eyes, they got their eyes in that East title, don't they? <laughs> Yeah, there's no question about it. There's no question about it. You know, they, they find themselves right now. They're in an interesting situation because they're in a game. They're a game and a half behind Baltimore, uh, but it ends up being two in the loss column because Baltimore has one more game to play than the Rays have. So you've got two in the loss column. That's obviously the most important column because those are the games that you can't make up mm-hmm. uh, on the schedule. On top of that, Baltimore has the uh, the tiebreaker because they won the season series. So essentially the Rays are three games back, you know, with now uh, eight games to play. And so, you know, it's going to be difficult, but the big comeback win yesterday, the walk-off win for the Rays during the afternoon, then they go home and they watch the Guardians clip the Orioles. Mm -hmm. And knowing that Cleveland can pitch, Cleveland can pitch, and they're going to try to play hard for Terry Francona down the stretch because this could be his last season as manager. So that is a real interesting series. And so, yeah, their their eyes are on that division crowd. That's what they want first and foremost to avoid that uh, to avoid that wild card round. But you know, at the end of the day, it's about winning ball games, and so they've got to go out and try to do that tonight. As do the Toronto Blue Jays because of the situation they find themselves in with Seattle and Texas you know, right there, a half a game behind them. So this is going to be a fascinating weekend of baseball. And we're going to be talking about this next week when, when we come back up to, uh, to Toronto, hopefully. Uh, Matt Chapman's the key guy for the Blue Jays in his order. Give me a guy, both sides of the ball for the Rays that needs to, I, I, I'll steal Jeff's word, be a dude for the last nine games of the season. Uh, you know what? I, I'm going to say Randy Arozarena, mm. uh because he is a guy that we have seen when you talk about in 2020 about how he basically carried this team through the playoffs and into the World Series, you know, he hit 10 home runs in the postseason. I mean, it was ridiculous what he did. That kind of was where he burst onto the scene. And, and right now, Randy, you know, it's a big part of the season. He loves the spotlight. He loves to be out there in the big moments. And so this is a guy that you look to really turn it on here over this next week and a half. On top of that, uh, tonight is, is Randy Land. Every Friday home game at Tropicana Field, they have Randy Land out in left field. They have two or three different sections, special sections for him. And so he always comes out and looks to, <laughs> to make things happen on those nights. So he is going to be some kind of fired up for, for the game tonight. And he's, uh, you know, and he's a guy that, that you, again, they need him to, to get hot down the stretch because they know when he gets hot, he can, he can really put a team on his back.
Now he's gone. But I'm, I'm thinking. I think he's one for eighteen in his last four games overall. Small sample size. Mm-hmm. Three for thirty-three with one home run, one double over his, his uh, nine games at home in September. Now he does. I mean, I can't put he 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 tattoos the Jays. He's four twenty-five lifetime with six doubles, Ouch. two home runs, and fourteen ribbies. That sorry, that's in his last eleven games from Toronto. What's explained this September uh, for Randy Arozarena? Yeah, uh, this is real simple for for me and and watching Randy hit over the years. Right now, his swing has gotten very long. So when Randy's at his very best, and you go back and look at all the highlights uh, through, you know, whenever he's going good, he has his, you know, stance in the batter's box, and it is hands directly to the baseball, hands directly to the baseball, compact stroke, sprays line drives, gap to gap, and obviously gets the ball airborne, he's going to hit some home runs too. So Randy does that, and then every now and then, Randy will either be on a hot streak and want to be trying to do a little bit more, or he's had a a rough couple of games, and now he he really wants to get it all back at once. And when he does that, instead of hands being taken directly to the baseball, they kind of push out away from his body, and his swing gets long. And you guys know as well as anybody, when a swing gets long, two things happen. First of all, it actually slows down, number one. And number two, it opens up lots of holes. And so that's what's happening right now. He's getting pitches to hit, but the hands are pushing away from the body and the swing is getting long and loopy and he's just missing pitches. Where if he was more of his normal, compact, direct hands to the ball, he'd be smoking these things. So that's what to look out for tonight. How big does Randy's swing look? If it starts to look like it's been tightened up a little bit, look out. If it starts to look from, you know, if you're just watching the game and you start to see it look long, well, then then Blue Jay pitchers might be able to have some success against them. So we'll see. B.A., who is the MVP of the race? Um, I think without a doubt it's Yandy Diaz. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, what, what Yandy Diaz, what he's been able to do out of that leadoff spot, first of all, maintaining, uh, you know, a very high average, you know, he's in the top, you know, a couple guys in the American League in, in batting average. On top of that, he's right there, too, in on-base percentage because he has such good strike zone discipline and he's willing to, to take walks. And then on top of that, he's right there in the first couple guys in OPS because he's starting to, you know, pick his spots, certain pitchers, certain counts, certain times of the game where if he's got an advantageous count, he's going to look to turn and burn on a pitch and, and, and you know, swing for, for power, which he hadn't always done. And so the fact that he's been able to do more of that this year, the, the power component of his game, and yet not concede anything as far as average and on base goes, is just a testament to you know, his work ethic and just his, his understanding of the strike zone. And, and this is another, you know, makes perfect sense when, when you put it this way, but when a hitter can, can you know, have the vast majority of his swings be at balls that are in the strike zone, then you are going to consistently hit the ball hard. You know, if, if you're any kind of hitter at all, and well, that's another thing that he does really well. He doesn't expand the zone uh, very often, and and not nearly as much as most other hitters. So he keeps the vast majority of swings at balls in the strike zone. So that's why he consistently hits the ball hard and puts up the numbers that he does. And he's a he's a guy that. You know, that's the other part of why he's the MVP, how consistent he's been. He's had a 300 or better batting average in every single month of the season. There have been no slides. Wow. He has been absolutely the guy all year. And then when you put him up there with that power component in the leadoff spot, he's a tough guy to face to start off the ballgame. When Glass now is good, what's he doing? 
Oh boy, you know, <laughs> he's filling up the strike zone with elite stuff. And I'll tell you what, what Tyler has done this year. Um, you know, he had a rough one his last time out against Baltimore. Just, you know, too many hittable pitches that happened. Mm-hmm. Previous to that, his previous 10 starts, he had gone seven and two with a 253 ERA um, and had gone at least six innings in all 10 starts. In fact, he had gone uh, seven innings four times. What he's done this year compared to you go back to 21, which is last you know season where he had, I think, 14 starts that year, really good numbers. Last year was kind of a wash because he was coming back from injury and there really wasn't much of a sample size. But if you compare his pitches between 21 and, and this year, he has decrease the use of his four-seam fastball. He's increased the use of his slider and his curveball. So what's that allowed him to do is bunch his pitches a little bit more than he did back in 21. So by bunching his pitches a little bit more, he's become a little bit more unpredictable. Mm -hmm. Not only that, back then, the slider and the curveball, the the velocities were kind of close. Well, he's been able to separate the velocities. So now he's got a fastball averaging 96, a slider averaging 90, minus 6, and then the curveball averaging 84, another six. So he's effectively separated the three pitches in wow. velocity by six miles per hour. And then on top of that, the vertical movement, because he's more of a vertical movement guy. He's not a guy with a big running fastball. In fact, his fastball at times will look to almost cut. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's more about vertical movement. And listen to this. This is kind of crazy. So you've got the difference in velocities in those three pitches. They're more bunched together, so you're more unpredictable. And then when you're talking about vertical movement, the fastball vertical movement drops by 13 inches, the slider by 33 inches, minus 20, the curveball at 53 inches, another minus 20. So he has split the velocities by six, the vertical movement by 20 inches, and he's bunched his pitches. That's that has been the key to his success. And he's obviously not afraid of the strike zone. And so when he does all that, he can can dominate, but it's, it's pretty crazy how he has in the pitch lab, just made given himself a perfect formula. Wow. Now, is is there any reason that against lefties that, that, I mean, obviously he, you know, those numbers are great, but against lefties, he's a little more human Two fifty one nine nine of his 13 home runs have come off, Mm -hmm. have come off lefties. Um, what would explain that 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 discrepancy given the you know given as, as you said the ability to bunch pitches together is there a pitch that's less effective perhaps to lefties or is there is there something that he does against lefties that he doesn't do against righties well the, the, this for me is pretty simple too and i don't think there's anything that he's going to be able to do about it you think about right-handed pitchers that have success against left-handed hitters what do they have They've got a pitch, whether it be a fastball, whether it be a changeup, whether it be a split, they've got a pitch that moves down and away from them. Right. He doesn't have that. Yeah. He doesn't have that. He's, you know, he's, he, he's a guy that, that is a, a, more of a supinator than a pronator. Mm-hmm. And so that's why his, the, his pitches, it's more about the vertical movement because he doesn't get arb side run. He rarely throws a changeup, and it doesn't have much fading action to it. The fastball stays pretty straight. In fact, sometimes it'll appear to even cut. The slider's moving in towards the left-handed hitters. The curveball, even though it's kind of a 12-6 type curveball, it's still moving towards the left-handed hitters. Mm-hmm. He does not have a pitch that moves down and away from them. And, and that's just not something that, that, that he's going to have. So he's going to have to make do with, with what he does have, which is pretty good. But, but that's, that's the big thing for me with him against lefties, nothing moving away from them. Best job Kevin Cash has ever done? I would say so, without a doubt. To have this team in position to potentially 
you know, win a division, obviously already in the playoffs, you're missing uh, 60% of your starting rotation. I mean, three excellent starters, mm-hmm. um, you know, on top. Of, and then you know, the, the, the situation with Wander, your, your best player is, is not playing. You know, Brandon Lyle falls about ball off of his knee and, and is out. Luke Rayleigh's out right now with, with an injury. Hopefully they can try and get him back. With all the injuries that they have gone through, um, to key players, obviously starting with that rotation. And, you know, the bullpen was banged up at the beginning of the year. So they go out and they bring in a Jake Beekman and a Robert Stevenson. And all of, all of a sudden, Sean Armstrong comes back and you get some pieces back. But to make do, uh, you know, while the bullpen, you know, was vulnerable, yes, without a doubt, I think this is his, his best job. Awesome. Uh, two questions before we let you run. One, Junior Caminero, I was only half joking when I said I expect, even though he's not playing tonight, I expect to see him go four for six. You are joking. Because it's the Rays <laughs> and that, the Rays and that yeah. happens. Um, I think Rays, the Rays are contractually obligated to bring up all their prospects against the Blue Jays. I, I really believe that. And also it, it, a little bit about him and also what the hell have they done with, with Jake Dykeman? Oh, yeah. Well, okay. So with Junior Caminero, um, he just obviously burst on the scene like crazy. Kind of came out of nowhere couple of years ago they, they made a trade with Cleveland got him into the system and he's taken off you know he's a kid that has he has elite bat speed I mean just elite bat speed that ball that bat gets through the zone like right now and so now that he started to fill out his body he just turned 20 in July now that he started to get a little bit bigger and a little bit stronger that bat speed has translated into the power game so between a ball and double a 31 homers 94 driven in on top of that he's got really really good bat to ball skills so he's able to, even with all that bat speed, it's not, it's not just about being a free swinger. He can put the bat on the ball and move it around the field, which is why, you know, over the course of, of his three minor league seasons, he's a 316 hitter. And this year, you know, 324 average. So he's able to maintain that average with the power game uh, because of the hand-eye coordination and that bat speed. Now you combine that with getting a little bit bigger and stronger. Uh, you know, that's, that's where it comes in. Now, defensively, I don't know you know, where he's going to end up. He's played all over the place, but I think that's still a question on where he'll end up defensively, but they are super excited about his bat. As far as Diekman goes, you know, it was just getting him into the strike zone. He still has really good stuff. 95, 96. Sometimes you'll see him clip 97 on the fastball and he's got a big wicked breaking ball that goes along with it. Um, he, he has some crossfire action. He's tall, he's lanky, and he's out there in that low three-quarter arm slot, you know, kind of like 45-degree angle out from the body. So he's able to create angles with his pitches in on the righties, away from the lefties. It's just about getting him to attack the strike zone. And Kyle Snyder has been able to get him uh, mechanically to do a much better job of that than when he was with Chicago earlier this year, when we saw him, he had a hard time finding the zone um, kind of spinning off pitches and just wasn't mechanically sound. So that good stuff went to waste because you were always behind in the count or walking guys. Well, now they've tightened him up a little bit and he's been able to keep it more in the zone. And when you keep 95 to 97 with angles in the zone with a good sweeping, sharp breaking ball, you're going to get a lot of outs. And that's what you're seeing him do. Brian, really good of you yeah. to do this. Thanks so much, man. That's look wonderful. forward to seeing you. It uh, should be a great series, and we look forward to seeing you next week. Thanks, B.A. Absolutely, boys. Yep, have a great weekend. We'll talk soon. Yeah, Absolutely. It's Brian Anderson, Ray's color analyst on Valley Sports Sun. Huh. Um, 
that that yeah, uh, well, I, I was scribbling down those uh, those notes about Tyler Glass. Now, yeah, I know we're going to get to the uh, between the lines segment in a minute, but okay, I've got a guy here who's played in the majors. Mm-hmm. Four miles an hour difference between fastball and slider. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, six miles an hour difference between fastball and slider. Six miles an hour difference between slider and curve. And then the the twenty inches the the difference in the vertical drop. Yeah, yeah. He's a pitcher, not not a thrower anymore. That, As that's a the hitter, first what is that? Yeah, the see the slide the slider difference between the slider and the fastball. That's not a big deal. Like I can okay. I can tunnel that. I can I mean that slider break with my natural uppercut. I take my chances on that. But it's the slow breaking ball in fastball counts. Uh-huh. That's the one. Like that is if he can do that. You're sitting there thinking ninety six and you're going to get eighty four. There, yeah. Yeah. How dare you? Yeah. Now he's pitching to you instead of throwing to you. Yeah. Which you can picture him. Giant dude throws a bazillion. I'm just going to throw as hard as I can because I can. And I'm gonna get, I'll get through games that way. Now he's pitching his way through games. Maybe because he has to because he's been hurt and you got to make some changes. I just think it's funny B.A. said he went in the lab. <laughs> that, that lab a little different. Where he go that lab at? That little and everybody else's yeah, lab. That's, that's that little underground, <laughs> underground yeah. city. Oh yeah, they've got yeah. you know, yeah. you know, they got minions. You know those little yellow, yellow guys with the one eye running around. Yeah, they got them. They got them. Yeah, just a minute, come over here. You got minions and cargo shorts oh, running around. Oh man, it's put awesome. you in. They they wire you up a bit. Do the whole Frankenstein thing with the electrodes. Boom. Twenty five inches of break. Twenty five inches of break. <laughs> Uh, yeah, stay hot, Jay. Hey, it's uh, time for Between the Lines, brought to you by Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, well, we don't have wait, don't have Mark Boffo. Yeah, he's he quit up, on us. Uh, he quit. Yeah, he yeah. quit on you. Big he didn't leaguer. quit on me. Big leaguer. Well, I mean, he's up. Well, that's to, what he is. He big leaguer. He went up to the uh, Boffo Estate. Uh, <laughs> Must be nice. Do you know they own half of a lake that's in Muskoka. Yeah, yeah. They I heard own that. half of a lake. Yeah. Think about that. Uh, yeah. And what does he do? He gets to spend five to seven with us. Anyhow, uh, we've done okay, though. We got he Connor. Likes me. Well, I don't know about that. I think he likes to play along with you. We've got Connor Lamont, who will do more than an adequate job filling in for Mark uh, Poffel. He already has because he stapled the game notes together for me, Get which prevents it. me from shuffling him he around. Didn't, he didn't do that for you. I'm yeah. sure he does that all the time. I think he's. It's, it's, I think he may have a little more respect for his elders than, than Mark Poffel does. Any, anyhow, Connor, go ahead. Gentlemen, what a pleasure it is to be speaking with you. Yeah, yeah, okay, you. that's Let's... enough. Just get to the... <laughs> <laughs> I'll do my best Mark Boffo impression here. Uh, tonight, we're looking at Tyler Glass now oh. over under seven and a half strikeouts. Uh, game uh, or the first three innings? For the whole game. Oh, the whole game, After yeah. After what B.A. said, how do you, how do you not uh, take I've, the I've, over? I've taken the over multiplied by two. Can I do that? I, how do no, you I'm going to take... How well, do you not? Can and, you throw a fastball glove side? Yeah, and I'm looking at... That's... <laughs> I mean, I mean if I were him, that's what I'd do. I'm looking at what I've seen from the Jays in the last couple of games, right? Uh, 30, 40, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22 Ks in the last two games. Yeah, I'm taking the over. Me too. I'm taking the over. Um, although, again, it is, it's, it is interesting. He hasn't, he hasn't faced the Jays forever yeah, because I, of the injuries. He hasn't faced the Jays forever. That's advantage pitcher. That's <laughs> That's not hitter. That was they, between the lines, by the way, brought to you by Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game. I see what you did. Yeah. I, 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 I was not, forget it because otherwise. now he's got the nice little new break on all the pitches and the slower velocities. And 
You know, he's probably working more on location of the fastball than overthrowing the fastball. That means pitch counts will go down in in at bats. Like, is I, there a guy in this lineup, Kevin? That that maybe in the Jays lineup that, that maybe this this this, this, this no, but this that maybe Tyler Glasnow would be less successful against. Because is is there anybody that this pitch mix and this this whole thing favors in the Jays lineup? I think you answered my question. I will say Bo, inside out swing, lets the ball travel, thinks right field all the time. Mm-hmm. Has length in his swing. Everybody else, I mean, Vladdy screams cheating, rollovers to third. Springer, I mean, you're getting sliders away, fastballs away. I mean, it's no secret there. Biggio, look, he's all, he'll be a tough out, but Kirk's got a long swing. Chapman, don't like the ball up. Varsho, don't like the ball up. Whit Merrifield's been looking like he's 34. Espinal never plays. So, I I mean, I look. Really optimistic. Well, hopefully they score 10 runs. I mean, for the pitching sake, I hope they score that. But Uh, John Schneider is manager of the Toronto Blue Jays. Try to throw this off on me. You asked me the question. I I answered it. I know. know. Okay. John Schneider is manager of the Toronto Blue Jays. He joins us next. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Sportsnet and wherever you Happy get Friday, everybody. you get your favorite podcast. called that uh, no i haven't <laughs> redneck gatorade yeah everybody knows what that is mountain dew oh there's no question oh, okay you guys oh, knew it that works oh yeah 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 <laughs> oh, okay it's not a canadian you thing. know by the way passing loves them some mountain dew does he oh yeah it's very rare that i have one it's you know i every once in a while you sitting in enough traffic in toronto you go outside the box so, <laughs> I needed one of them Gatorades. I don't like soft drinks. No? No. Uh, no. I only put beer in this body. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> natural product, my friend. It's a That's natural it product. Is. Yeah. Right. Uh, 640 will be the force, uh, the force pitch tonight. <laughs> Let's start all over yeah. again. Play the music. <laughs> 640 will be the first pitch tonight. I, I'm I'm really tired today. Yeah, it's a, doing all the Blue Jays talk late. That's what it is. Traffic, orange traffic. I've got orange traffic cones in my you know, nightmares of them attacking. This it's, this city's not trying. Yeah. I mean, that's fact. No, it's not any. <laughs> it's uh, you guys know it's true. Yeah, it is true. They it's like they they tell you to go down this road, and this road's yeah, just as bad just as the not, road you just left. It's like, just yeah, it's just what's it's, happening here. It's not. It's just not good. <laughs> it's not good. It's a city. The city's never. It's it's never been finished. It, I mean, it's just not going to be finished. And then the trucks that they use to fix the road end up ripping up the other part of the road that hasn't been fixed. Anyhow, enough of that. 
Uh, 6.40 will be the first pitch tonight as the Jays open a crucial three-game series against the Tampa Bay Rays. Every series this year is the biggest series of the year for the Jays. Tonight they face Tyler Glasnow. Of course, we'll be keeping our eye on the or eyes on the Texas Rangers and Seattle Mariners as well. Obviously, that uh, series will have implications for the Blue Jays. John Schneider is the manager of the Blue Jays. He joined us a little earlier today. And, uh, well, we'll get you set for tonight's first pitch with the skipper, John Schneider. Very pleased to be joined by John Schneider, the manager of the Toronto Blue Jays. John, as always, we uh, appreciate your time, especially I know you've been able to grab some time at home with the family ahead of this game. So uh, thanks for doing this. Uh, look, I'll ask you, uh, you know, the, the, I guess the dominant story right now as far as the Blue Jays are concerned is Vladdy Jr. And, and Vladdy's health. He's in the lineup today, DHing. Uh, is this the type of thing, I know he's been called day-to-day. I mean, <clears throat> we're all day-to-day in one way or another. But um, is he, uh, you know, as, as far as you're concerned, will he be able to play every game if you need him the rest of the way? Uh, yeah, I think so. That's the hope. You know, he he made some pretty good improvement yesterday throughout the day. And, um, you know, obviously was available to pinch it and got down the line well. So, uh, credit to the training staff to kind of, you know, get that thing taken care of pretty quickly. And, um, you know, barring anything crazy, we expect him to be in there um, every day going forward. Hey, John, I know nobody, I don't think anybody ever asked you this, but, you know, we're getting down to the real short straws here. Uh, we know about the playoff battle and, you know, the other teams that are involved. How are you guys holding up? And when I say you guys, I mean the coaches, Guillermo, Pete, uh, Bud, you know, Luis Rivera, Donnie Baseball. I mean, everybody. How, how are you guys holding up? Because we live and die with every pitch, and I'm, I'm sure you guys do as well. It's, uh, yeah, well, for one, thanks for asking. Um, we're, doing, we're doing good. You know, I think that it's, uh, we're a very tight-knit group as coaches and it's um you know we've we've had one resounding message to the players the entire season and that was try to win every series um and it's kind of ironic that that's that we're in that exact spot right now so uh we're doing good you know we're just solely focused on our games you know obviously there's a little bit of scoreboard watching going on but it's um you know right in front of us and we're we're enjoying it we're um you know we're having fun prepping for these teams and these games and, um, you know, we're, we're in a really good spot, I think, as are the players. You know, it's easy to be confident when the players are confident this time of year. But it's, uh, it's definitely fun every single night. John, what's to tell, tell you about your team whenever, you know, you got taken behind the woodshed uh, versus Texas. I, they did a little bit of number on you, but they bounced back. They've, you know, sort of eliminated that, have a short-term memory. How proud of you are, are they just about doing that, right, just eliminating that, moving on, and, and living to fight another day kind of thing? Yeah, I love it. You know what I mean? It, it was, you know, Texas series was tough. Obviously we got outplayed and, and, you know, some of those games were, were just ugly. Um, but to come back and sweep Boston and win a series in New York, you know, it's, I love it. You know, this is kind of, you know, we've been waiting for these guys to just really, you know, step on it. And I think after getting swept, you reel off, you know, five out of six right after that, you know, it's just a testament to the guys and how they're, how they're still focused and how they're going about it every single day. You know, we've been, we've been a little bit inconsistent over the course of the year. You could say we've been, you know, inconsistent here and there, but it's, um, it's not for a lack of effort. These guys bring it every single night 
and um, you know, right now is no different. So, love the way that they're going about it right now. Uh, David Schneider, I, you put him in cleanup spots. It's that's a hard thing. I, I used to try and get hits, not not in pennant races, and and you know, all the expectations of other guys around are not performing, and you sort of have to be pushed into a spot that maybe mentally, physically, just the preparation of trying to hit cleanups. Not the easiest thing to do. What are you seeing from him? Do you see anything that would give you confidence that when you do put him back in there, he'll turn it around and, and start getting some bigger hits? Yeah, I mean, it is, it's a tough ask. You know, he's he's uh, he's pretty unique to where his approach never really wavers, right? Whether you're hitting seven, one, three, four, you know what I mean? His, his approach doesn't change. I know that there's pressure that comes with it being a young kid, um, and I, you know, he handles it pretty well. So, I think you know when you when you look at him kind of overall the last you know a couple of weeks, you know he's he's being pitched tough. I think that you know he still is controlling the zone really well. There's probably some calls that he thinks are a little bit borderline that are being called on him. Um, and, you know, it's just one of those times where, you know, he's being pitched a pretty a pretty uh, significant way, whether it's heaters at the top of the zone or stuff going away from him. So, um, I, I mean, I think it, you don't really have to worry about his confidence. You don't have to worry about, you know, his work or his prep or anything. Um, he carried us for a few weeks, and I'm sure he's going to get some big hits going forward. Uh, when you look at the – you know, the, the way Garrett Cole went at you guys, and now you've got Tyler Glasnow, and you're going to get you know, Garrett Cole again probably and Michael King and Glasnow mm-hmm. again. You know, we've talked about how when you get into the playoffs, when you, I mean, you're going to meet the elite of the elite of the elite. You know, guys are going to be running out their best pitchers in any given you – know, you, you know all this. Hell, you're going to be doing <laughs> – you're going to be doing the same thing. So it's, 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 it's not out of the, not out of the yeah. question. But, but, John, when you see a game like last night, you know, how, how do you, how do you, or how do the players ensure that they don't read too much into it beyond the fact that you know the dude is probably going to win the AL Cy Young Award shoved, and that doesn't mean we're a bad team. That doesn't mean that we can't beat elite pitching. You know what I'm saying? How do you kind of localize or or restrict it to that particular night and ensure that there's no carryover? Yeah, it, I mean, for one, it's you know if you. If you want to win a championship, you're going to have to go through, you know, a picture like that every night for the most part. And I think, you know, in listening to the conversations both before, during, and after the game with the guys last night, you know, we've we've hit Garrett pretty well over the course of his time as a New York Yankee. And um, you know, not having Vladdy in the lineup who handles him extremely well, I think was a was a bit of a key for for Garrett. And um, you know, it's hey, sometimes really good pitchers are going to be really really good and. You know that's what that's what makes them who they are. So it's um, you, you move on to the next day and you look at Tyler Glass now and how can you beat him? You know what I mean? How can you lay off the breaking ball in the dirt? How can you lay off the fastball at the top of the zone? How can you hopefully exploit him? You know on the bases when you do get on because of his delivery. You know you got to just move on to the next thing. It's even going back to Michael King. Michael King had probably better stuff than Garrett did, in mm-hmm. my opinion um, two nights ago. So you got to just move on and, and just be really focused on the task at hand each night. John, how, how for a manager, conversations when your lineup's not performing the way you want it to perform and you have to put, you know, other guys in 
you know, positions. Maybe, you know, you pinch hit for a veteran. Maybe a veteran's carried you for a little while. He's not now. You have to put somebody else in there. Conversation between you and that player. You know, everybody wants to be the armchair uh, manager. It's not the easiest thing to do, right? You got to call a guy in a room. That tough for you this time of the year? I mean, yeah, again, we all know what your lineups look like and been like. We know how good your pitching is. Like you're trying to play catch up on one side to make it a little easier for the other side. Conversations. I, I used to be a player. It's not the easiest thing to hear, you know, sort of from your boss. Have you learned anything about yourself? Like that can't be the easiest thing to do this time of the year. Yeah, it's, it's almost, you know, it's almost a little bit easier this time of year because everyone is just, you know, focused on winning, right? I think over the course of the year, you know, guys, they, they want to be in there every day. They want to be performing all the time. They want to be, um, you know, taken care of in terms of, you know, how many days they're playing in a row and things like that. Right now it's kind of all hands on deck. Um, and, yeah, there's been a couple of those tough conversations in the last week. You know, Matt Chapman pinch hitting for him and, you know, it was the first time it happened to him in his career, you know what I mean? And I think, you know, I had to talk to Witt a little bit about playing time and what Kevin has been doing and and uh, how tough that is. You know, I respect veteran players so much and the fact that they've been good for a long time. It means, A, they're talented, and B, they're able to adjust and evolve, you know, within the season. And it's, it's hard to kind of, you know, play the hot hand at times, you know. So they all understand it. Um, but at the end of the day, it's it's just being being totally transparent and being almost over communicating the fact that there's going to be tough decisions every single night that I make. Some of those decisions are moves that I don't make, but um, every every single thing that I'm doing, you know, the uh, the sole purpose is to is to try to take the best chance to win that night. And if it hurts some feelings along the way, that's fine. You know, move on to the next day. When you look at uh, this lineup, and it seems like we've we've had this discussion. For, for a long time. Uh, but, you know, Kevin and I were going over this. You've got the three dudes at the top when Vladdy's healthy. Is there any thought at all to, I, I don't know, and this, I don't know if this would even look like panic. I, I, that's not where I'm going with this. But is there any thought to maybe spreading those guys out a little bit or maybe even getting some veteran guys and just kind of loading the top of the order with your vets and, 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 and kind of going from there? Because, you know, you are offensively right now you are shorthanded this isn't the lineup that i don't think you guys thought you'd be running out in september yeah i mean it's, it's definitely been some mixing and matching you know over the course of the last couple of weeks um i mean i think going through those three guys at the top of the order um you know is for is yeah, just because of what they have done and what they can do um you know so it, it we've talked about so many different options about trying to spread it out um, try to put guys in spots where ultimately they're coming up with guys on base. Um, it's it's tough. You know what I mean? It's tough. You, you don't want to totally rely on, you know, those three guys at the top of the order doing that, doing something every night. Um, but, again, that's why they're the, your, you know, your best players. You know, that we're going to have to rely on them a little bit more than others. So it's tough. I think that, you know, going, you know, there's always a game within the game. Are you playing for damage? Are you playing? more of a contact-oriented team right now, and you have to try to work your lineup around that, So, especially with the pitchers we're going to be facing. So there's there's been talks about maybe shuffling it around, but you know, having those three guys at the top is, is also very appealing. John, be honest. Do you scoreboard watch? There's a lot of teams around you. I mean, it'd be hard not to. You're a human being. Do you do that? You're on the plane. You know, you lost to the Yankees. Yeah. Are you looking at where you're at in the standings? Yeah, everyone else was off yesterday, so it wasn't that bad. I'm playing on the plane down here, but... 
Um, yeah, I think everyone is. I mean, we're not making it a, uh, you know, we're not making it a point, but I think it's just natural, whether it's a scoreboard stadium or, or if there's a game on after your game or something like that. Yeah, you're interested to see what's going on, but at the same time, you know, that switch kind of flips as soon as your game is over and done with, you know, good, bad, um, whatever it is. So, yeah, I think we're definitely looking every night. John, listen, we appreciate your time as always. Thanks so much. Uh... Go get him, yeah. as we always say. Go get him, my friend. Thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Good luck, man. Thank you, guys. I hey, appreciate you having me on, as always. Thank you. It's John Schneider, manager of the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, Jays are 16-32 and 32 at the Trop since 2018. Just saw that on our uh, TV screen. Uh, so, Kevin Kiermeyer. This is, this is genius. Well, Mark Sanchez is a genius, too. I don't even know who he is, but he's a writer with the New York Post. Genius. And, uh, well, when you're covering a team that's out of it, you kind of look for stories to write, ideas, things that are going to get people talking. And uh, Kevin Kiermeyer fell for the uh, bait. And I don't blame Kevin Kiermeyer for doing this, but uh, this is all over the New York Post. All over the New York Post. Kevin Kiermeyer opened a Yankees free agency pursuit. Quote, I especially like it here. I like the AL East. I've played in the division my entire career. Feel like I'm always hitting homers here or playing well. Being on the turf my entire career, I enjoy being on the grass. My body feels so much better on the grass. So basically, Kevin Kiermeyer's uh, yeah, it's smart. I mean, it's get, smart. You get, it's, you he's the, opening. He's op- That's all they need is another guy that plays right around about 100 games. So, I mean, let's yeah. be honest. Let's not lie about that. I, I mean, I love Kevin, but if, but you're, I, if you're the Yankees, that's <laughs> now I know there are people uh, who are going to say, oh, my God, is is this a sign that, you know, is Kevin Kiermeyer not focused on the playoff? No, it's Kevin Kiermeyer wants to play baseball next year and get paid. That's smart. And, uh, Kevin Kiermeyer, I don't blame him, frankly. No, given his he's not age. Vladdy. Remember, Vladdy came out and says, "No chance, I'm coming yeah. to Yankees play." There's no, he and, ain't Vladdy. And, so, and given his age, yeah. I mean, I'd rather play in grass. Uh, than every team, artificial turf too. I'm open for business. Absolutely, Fenway. Love me some. <laughs> I love that. Thing. Love me some clam chowder. I love, love me some clam chowder. Absolutely. <laughs> I don't, don't want to go back to the drop. Baltimore. Baltimore. <laughs> Absolutely. Big fan of. Well, uh, I can crab. run them down there. I could sure run them. Big down park and left. Oh yeah. Dodger Stadium, I, yeah, I mean, the West Coast is, too. takes some getting used to. But I have anyhow. to sleep a lot. So, uh, yeah, so the New York Post basically has Kevin Kiermaier going to the Yankees next year, which, yeah, you know, good good for him. Um, the reason, the, mm. One of the reasons I mentioned that is, you know, they're, it, it's, th- this is a weird team. You made a comment earlier in the show today, and I didn't quite know how to handle it, when you said, why does it seem like the Jays are in last place? Um, and, you know, this is the final week of the season. It's kind of got me thinking. It's kind of about this team and what people think of this team, what the fans think of this team. Um, I, I really did get the sense of fans got tired of this team awfully fast this year. Um, Sounded like it. And, you know, there's going to be changes. There will be changes next year. I think you, you made the interesting comment to me about Kevin Kiermaier, though, because I throw, threw open the possibility to you. What if you bring him back? You know, and you've got Varsho, Kiermaier, and Springer as your outfield again. That's good defense. And your point about Kevin Kiermaier is that as long as it doesn't impact what I have to do to get that better middle-of-the-order hitter, mm-hmm. you're okay with having that discussion. And that's kind of where I am with with all these guys. That's the first thing. 
You know, it, it, whatever. Let's. I, I got to get. I got to get a thumper, a run producer in the middle of the line. Somebody can help Blatty. Yeah, and yeah. if that guy plays a position, or I've already got somebody else. Well, you know, Blatty, you may, it's, it might be time. Blatty's telling you by his at bats, he needs help. And he the needs coach, somebody and, and you know, around him, and, and the coaching staff knows that. I absolutely. They, I mean, everybody you talk to, that. it's a big deal, right? It's who's in front and who's behind. You yeah. look in twenty-one or. 20 when he had the, was it 20? Simeon. When he Bichette, had the, absolutely, everybody was on Bayo. base all the time, and yeah. the people behind him could hit bunches of homers, and, you know, you couldn't nibble. Like, you couldn't give him the best OO slider that you've ever thrown consistently. You had to attack. You had to get ahead. He could simplify, look for one zone, one pitch a lot. And, man, that's a must for me. If you fix that, bring that in, and fix Vladdy, I'd take care of all them other woes you got. Then you can fill in the blanks with the Davis Schneiders and Horowitz of the world. Like, you could give them opportunities. If you don't, offensively next year, it's going to be challenging. Yep. You're going to be you – know, Springer, <laughs> Springer's going to maybe look 34. Like, there's going to be some, you know, there's going to be some things there that need to be adjusted. So, yeah, hopefully, fingers crossed, they can go out and take care of that and – and see, I wonder. I, I will. I will. I will be yes. I, I, I will tell you this too. I wonder. Um, next year. I wonder if George Springer isn't. How am I going to phrase this? I wonder if someone else won't be in the leadoff spot next year, instead of George Springer. Yeah, if he's not hitting homers, that's the whole point, right? Punch first. You know, dude gets yeah. on, and that's why they're putting KK in a nine hole. He gets on base, maybe runs in and wants two run homer instead of a solo shot. If he ain't hitting homer, I know he's got twenty, but again, it's thirty and ninety is what you expect, yeah. not twenty and sixty five. That's that. I mean, he's had two really, really bad months, and in a bad stretch here when they need him the most. Like I'm with you. It's no. There's you're not married to any position in the order next year. No. The only no. thing I know. The only thing I know next year is 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 Bo's my uh, shortstop. Vladdy's my first baseman. I got my pitching, um, and I'm really you know I'm, I'd really like to see them take a run at Jordan Hicks, but I I, I got my pitching. Bo's my shortstop. Vladdy's my first baseman. Biggio's my utility dude. And then I got my Varsho Springer. And then after that, whatever makes my lineup better is what I do. Uh, there's, you know, you made, you made a really good point. There's there's a lot to do no question. Uh, next year. So, Can't I mean, be just and, filling and, it in with names. It's got to no. be quality. Like, it's got... Having like said that, pockets though. and trying to match up to this guy throws a breaking ball more than he throws an elevated fastball. That stuff can't work yep. consistently on in the American League East on a team trying to win a World Series. Not for me, anyway. So here's where we are. We're a few minutes away from first pitch at Tropicana Field. The Jays taking on the Rays in the first of three games. Keep an eye on the Rangers and Seattle Mariners. I believe they've got there's seven games between those two teams yeah, left. Yeah. Yeah. So each of those teams, their final ten games, seven of them are against each other. So that's basically where we are uh, with the Blue Jays. Beat the Rays. See what happens in that other series. Um, and sounds and, easy. And go from there. All you got to do is beat <laughs> sounds, Tyler Glasnow. Sounds easy. All you got to do is be is beat Tyler Glasnow. Uh, Jay's approach against him early. Like oh, you, you, you talked about wanting to, and I think we're on the same page here. The, scoring early, given your starting 
pitcher a little bit of a a, a cushion here, to be good. How do how do you here. George Springer, Bobichet, Vladdy? What are you thinking of when here's, you go up to the plate? First the, at bat, what do you think? They can't look for location. They they basically told you by everybody that's a Jays fan watching the lineup. They don't like the fastball up. They don't like the fastball away. So for that reason right there, when I walk to the plate, short and quick to the ball, how do I get my foot down in an athletic position quickly? Those a 1,000 miles an hour. Quickly, that allows me to be short and quick, hands close to the body. B.A. just came on and said, Rosarana, right? Hands get away from the body? Mm-hmm. Ain't good. It's out and around. It's casting, right? It looks like you're fishing. You can't do that against this dude. If you do, he will eat your lunch. Forget about location. They can't. They've tried that already. We've had this conversation a bazillion times. Like, it's just, they're, for whatever reason, on and off the field right now, they're not capable consistently of doing that. So how do you get athletic to be short where your barrel is quick? There's three things. You do that, you take your chances. Like, this is where you're at. Like, they they have obvious holes. So, to give yourself a chance, get athletic. The uh, good news good news for the Jays: Vladdy Jr. is back in the lineup. He's hitting third and DHing. The mm-hmm. Jays lineup ahead of the first pitch: Springer, Bichette, Guerrero, Biggio, Kirk, Chapman, Varsho, Merrifield, Espinal, Chris Bassett on the mound for the Rays. Yandy Diaz, Brian Anderson pinpointing him as their MVP. He'll get some down ballot support. In the AL MVP, it's been really voted. good. Yandy Diaz leading off. Randy Rosarina, who uh, hits the Jays really well and has been in a bit of a funk right now. Josh Lau, uh, Josh Lowe, sorry. Uh, Harold Ramirez, Isaac Paredes, uh, Colin Mead, I believe. You got Mead, Aranda, Basabi, and Pinto, and uh, Tyler Glasnow on the mound for the Rays against the Jays. The first of three games, and actually the first of six games between these teams with uh, three other games to come against the New York Yankees as well. And uh, the final road trip here for the Jays, the win tonight, the Rays will clinch at least the first AL wildcard spot. So uh, that would guarantee them a home postseason series. So a lot at stake for the Rays. And we talked about it. They still got their eyes on, they still got their eyes on first place in these. There's a lot both of these teams are playing for. We'll be back after the game to break it down tonight on Blue Jays Talk. We will be back Monday at our regular time from 5 to 7 Eastern. Enjoy the baseball. Have a great weekend. We'll chat. <laughs>